The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself, Bully Ray, and Mark Henry talk about CM Punk and Samoa Joe from Collision this past Saturday. Also, we get into a amazing SmackDown, especially with the bloodline and more specifically Jay Uso from a sold out Madison Square Garden this past Friday night. And we have Freddie Prince Jr. join us right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Bully, you and I spoke about AEW Collision and a lot of the big talk is about, you know, that's a tough sell Saturday night, wrestling on a Saturday night. And actually, Coach, uh, Jonathan Coachman, who was a part of Busted Open not too long ago, uh, he talked about that, you know, that's a tough sell as well, wrestling on a Saturday night. And we had a long discussion about it. And it's so funny. I was telling Paul this morning, I was like, you know, Collision's (laughs) been on the air now for a month. They've had four episodes of Collision. And... I've watched every episode of Collision on Saturday night. So there you go. That tells, I don't know if that's just the state of pro wrestling right now or the state of Dave LaGreca, but I have been planted in front of my TV every Saturday night watching Collision. So, and we, the, we talked about Saturday night being, you know, a night for, you know, it's like date night, the, 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 the boyfriend, the girlfriend, the husband, the wife, yada, yada, where you go out with your friends. How does Violetta feel about that? You know what we like? It's, you know what I'm 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 doing my job, bully. You know, like I gotta be in front of that TV on Saturday. Oh, to watch are you now? Because I gotta, you know, I gotta I gotta watch the show. You're full of shit right now. I'm calling I gotta you watch out. The show. I gotta watch so the full show. Full of garbage. I know days. down the I know down the road you're going down. So be prepared <laughs> for for return fire if you continue to go down this road. Because <laughs> I know what he's doing, Mark. Okay, you might not know, but I know what he's doing. Listen, listen. He is chasing the hug so hard right now. Uh, you know what? It's I could have very, my, very I, subtle. Bully, I could have my pierogi and eat it too. Uh, <laughs> but we're not going to just talk about uh, AEW Collision. What? Go ahead. I, I just want to do say this. I saw something on Collision that I loved. And guys, it, it, is, it is so, so tiny. So small, 
such a microscopic moment in time during one of the matches, but I I was in love with it. Uh, you want to? Can, can I get it off my chest yeah, now? Please, why or, wait? Get it so, off your chest. Mark, check this out. Joe versus Punk. Okay, and just the matchup. I of bet Joe. I know what it is. I'm Ooh. finna text it. I'm finna text it today. No, no, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll lay out. You tell me what you think it is. And if you're right, obviously, Circle gets the square. The shot, it was an old school shot of Punk leaning against the ropes and Joe sitting on the floor, hard camera, and the shot of Joe and Punk behind him. Was that it? It's not it, but I know exactly what you're talking about, and I did like that. That's but a Mark, shot. Yeah, Mark, I don't know if you remember this, Dave. Um, Joe had Punk down in the corner, mm-hmm. and Joe had hit the ropes like he was going to do that, you know, face wash thing with a, with a boot to the face or an ass bump in the middle, whatever it is Joe does. But Punk popped up and gave Joe a back elbow, right? And then Joe gave Punk a shot, or, 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 no, or no, Punk gave him a back elbow, then Punk jumped up to the second rope. Punk jumped up to the second rope, and Joe hit him with one chop. And, and Punk fell off the top and went to the floor, and that's how they went to commercial break. And for a good minute while they were in commercial break, Punk was selling before bro, and then the ref was counting, and then ref uh, Joe went outside, broke the count, blah blah blah. Here's my point: that to many people would mean absolutely nothing. I saw that, and I was like, "That is the way you do it. That is good offense counted by good defense." Then Punk was going to go hit an offensive maneuver, and then one chop from joe not 900 chops from somebody not this bullshit spirit of the fight i chop you you chop me nobody registers nobody sells and we stand there until people start chanting this is awesome and it gets you absolutely nowhere one chop the beauty of the sale of the one chop telling me that holy crap that chop from Samoa Joe actually hurt Mint Punk. Something. Yep. Mark, I, I mean, you, you have to, and if you disagree, please tell me you do, but you got to see the beauty in that. No, no, I, I see the beauty in it. And, and Bully, that is the way that I used to like to go to breaks. That's the way that I used to like to cut people off. One thing, preferably in the ring, but if it was going to go outside the ring, I was not a shit can guy. I was a topple guy. I wanted somebody to be up in the corner and me reach up and bang or me uh, push them and they take the bump out to the floor because it's decisive, it's definitive, and it shows that now there's a break in the action. And they, they did that. They did. I, I, I like a lot of the stuff they're doing. I think it's intentional. People say, uh, I heard some of the comments about the, the um, collision looking different than other wrestling shows. 
Yep. The reason that collision looks different is one, the lighting is different. It's more old school lighting, yes. like a house show. And the uh, the camera angles that they shoot from the floor into the ring are done from the hard camera side, not the side and the back of the ring. It's intentionally done like that. That's it, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It reminds me of wrestling when I was watching the um, AWA and um, and 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 watching uh, just old school Paul Bosch and wrestling around Texas. And Mark, you brought up that shot, I believe, once the match ended, where Samoa Joe was in the front of the ring on his knees and Punk was sitting on his ass towards the back of the ring. And the hard camera got the shot. And to me, it was reminiscent of the thrill of victory and the agony, and the of, agony defeat. of defeat. Yes, sir. In, in, in one camera shot, I got to see the frustration on Samoa Joe's face who was on his knees and looked a lot fresher than Punk did. But in the background, there's Punk on his ass with almost the look of, you know, like, thank God this is over. Thank God I got the win. You know, so much was told. And I don't think people maybe realize how small but important those moments are that, me and Mark just talked about that is what reels me in to a wrestling match. That's what makes the lie believable. I love stuff like that. I love stuff like when the match ended and they're both standing there and, and Dave, remember when I said years ago, punk going back to ring of honor would mean more than, you know, than anything else seeps to see punk and Joe standing there that very reminiscent ring of honor feel to it. Two warriors from 25 years ago who cut their teeth in ring of honor yep. now standing there in AEW. So much was done in that match. And to everybody out there who wanted to talk shit to me on social media this weekend, I don't have to watch on a Saturday night in order to break down a match like nobody else can. So up your nose with a rubber hose. <laughs> wow. He did not break that out. Yeah. Listen, whenever you can reference Welcome Back, Carter, I'm on board. Uh, but, 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 Bully, you know what? Uh, both of what you and Mark are saying are so true. You guys know I love Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor is very special for me, especially early on. The wars that Samoa Joe and CM Punk had in Ring of Honor in the early uh, 2000s. And it was reminiscent of that. Why? But, uh, Mark, a lot of what you just said about the lighting. You know, there is an old school feel to collision. Like, you know, it does feel like kind of like those old shows that we grew up watching where it the, the crowd is not lit. It's almost like just the ring itself, and you get that kind of a feel. The other thing for people who love Ring of Honor, not only you see him Punk and Joe in the ring, Paul Turner. And Paul Turner is somebody that was a big part of Ring of Honor. Paul Turner, I think, is definitely, you know, when we talk about the officiating with AEW, the most credible. And I think you saw that in that match because, Bully, you were talking about, again, Spilling outside of the ring, 
Joe breaking the count, rolling back into the ring under the bottom rope to break the count. Paul Turner counting. Those things are important and add to the feel of the match. And also, to your point, Bully, when that match was over on Saturday, I was as a fan, I was exhausted because you saw a fight between Joe and CM Punk. Really, if you think about it, Joe beat the shit out of CM Punk for most of that match. And, you know, Punk was very lucky to come out with a victory. And I think they sold that very, very well on Saturday night. And the shot that Mark was talking about told me that story. Punk sitting there, basically you could read his mind where he's saying to himself, thank God I came out of that one with a victory because he he handed me my ass. You you can't have a, a, a new show and not do new things. They're doing new things because it's a new show. I, you know, and I, and, and Mark, that's a really good counter because you have Collision now. That's your new show. You want to get attraction. I think they could have built up the match a little bit more than they did. I, I think they did a great job on Saturday. And what I mean by that is you had Punk start the show with the promo on, on how much he loved Owen Hart and what Owen Hart meant to his career. And obviously the match between him and Joe was part of the tournament. I thought that was great. They did a great video package within the show as well, showing the history of Joe and Punk. That was phenomenal. And this, and that's another case about collision, which is different than Dynamite on Wednesday. They slow it down. They let you consume it a lot better than they do on Wednesdays. Like if I were because they're not fighting for the second by second, minute for minute rating. I agree. I agree with you on that. It doesn't feel rushed. It doesn't feel like we got to get this out there. Come on, come on, come on. It's 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 an easier show to watch. It's an easier product to consume. And then the match itself, I thought, was absolutely fantastic. And you know, and and to something that you said earlier, bully, and I didn't get the connection until you just said, made the comment that you made, because you you were right. You kind of were out there on social media over the weekend because you know you and I had that discussion about wrestling on Saturday nights, and I want to back what you said because I am somebody like I just said the last four weeks that was in in front of my TV watching professional wrestling on a Saturday night Saturday night well I'm also turning 52 next uh this this upcoming Saturday for most people if there was a night that they're going to go out and they're going to be social and they're going to be doing things especially this time of year in the summer it's going to be Saturday to bully's point he's not making a remark about the people who are at home watching the product on a Saturday more about you're up against it having a show on a Saturday night. Because if there is one night that's a tough sell, it is Saturday night. So, Bully, I thought some of the comments that I read were were a little bit out of line. And I honestly, like I did last week, agree with what you said. I agree with what you said about Saturday nights. Even though I'm in front of my TV, Saturday night is a tough night. Now, I understand the WWE has their premium live events on Saturday, which I think is great because that's, you know, once in a while. But a weekly Saturday show is tough. And I think, you know, to your point, Bully and Mark, I think you even made it this this point as well a couple weeks ago. You're going to be leaning a lot on the DVR numbers, I believe, when it comes to collision on Saturday nights. I don't know how many people are actually going to be watching this show in the moment. So it is an uphill battle, but it's it's a show, guys, 
that I'm really, really enjoying. I can say, judging by the first four weeks of Collision, I, I think they have done a tremendous job. This is former UFC champion Chris Weidman. Do you want to feel what it's like to get in the octagon with me? Right now, we are bringing the hardest-hitting MMA talk on the planet to your podcast feeds with Won't Back Down, a SiriusXM podcast. Every Monday, I'm speaking my mind and taking you inside combat sports like no one else. Every tap, every snap, and whatever else is on my mind. Download Won't Back Down right now on SiriusXM, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Won't Back Down. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. King's Island is now open weekends. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. How do you know the bloodline's over and it's the best story going on? When you start the show with the bloodline, you end the show with the bloodline. And the opening segment, Mark, is 35 minutes long. And you know what? 
you could have told me that opening segment was 10 minutes long and I would have believed you. Man, again, they keep throwing different curves and threads into this story and it clicks, it works, and I really love what we saw Friday night on SmackDown, Mark. Dave, I will never, ever complain when it's good. I don't care how long it is. Yep. And in that, we got a lot of information. We got some great, a great performance. Roman Reigns, tears streaming down his face. And you thinking to yourself, wow, maybe he gets it. Maybe, maybe he's going to turn a new leaf. Especially when the video package showed him in such a negative, overbearing, cruel, disgusting depiction of leadership. Then I wanted to see all of that. Did you hear the crowd? The crowd was involved in on the judgment of Roman Reigns. It should have been the judgment of the tribal chief is what it should have been because that's just what it became, judgment. So I would, I enjoyed it to the point to, I would have liked to see more of the bloodline in that show. As much as it was long in the beginning and you had stuff at the end, I, Dave, I'm there for it. And I was waiting on an elder in that. Yes. I I, was waiting because he asked a question. He he said, what gives you the right? Who gives you the right to treat us like this? Who? He He didn't say what. He said who? And, and Roman assumed this, I'm doing this for the family. I was put here. Who put you here? And and it would have been easy for Alpha to come out. It would have been easy for Atta to come out, for Kishi to come out. Some, uh, some elder in the family, or all of them, did you see about 12 or 15 of the family members, the elder statesmen, coming out? If there was, and, and, Mark, don't mean to interrupt, if there was ever a venue for Afa and Sika to walk out in. That was it. Ooh, boy. In the, the garden. The whole family eats because of the bloodline. Solo, the Usos, anybody that you bring into the bloodline, hey, I guarantee you that Jimmy and Jay, they don't want the bloodline to end. <laughs> Solo damn sure don't want the bloodline to end because those checks every Monday. Live, Dave. Scary. 
you think that when you get when you get twenty thousand dollar a week checks or seventeen thousand dollar a week check, you start thinking, man, it's never gonna end. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be rolling like this forever. That's not the way it is, is it, bully? Nope. <laughs> I can't stay. I can't stay on top forever. That shit ends. But Mark, you're right. Watching that, and first of all, there's a lot to what you just said. A lot, a lot of really good points. The first being, and when I was watching myself, boy, I could have swore the way that they were talking that something like Mark just said, an elder was going to come out, like the Samoans, like somebody was going to come out there. And listen, I I still think at some point we're going to see that again. But like you said, but for any place for it to happen, the garden, it would have made it a little bit more special. But man, it really did feel like the story was going that way Friday night. There's no reason to want to turn the channel on that story. No. And the no. three of us at the same time, and I'm sure thousands of other wrestling fans had a hook in their mouth when they mentioned the elder. Who is, oh my God, who's coming out? Look, I'm getting goosebumps just because I know what I was thinking when I was watching it. I want to go back to what Mark was saying because he he mentioned the elder, and that's 100% true. I really was waiting for somebody to come out. And I still think eventually we're going to see that because there's so many more layers to this story that they still haven't peeled back on when it comes to the bloodline. But, Mark, you mentioned the crowd and how important that crowd was at Madison Square Garden on Friday night to the point where they got censored. Numerous times during that 35-minute segment because of the chance. You effed up. Yeah, and, and there was and, and some of the things they were chanting, I, I don't know, because it was completely like they just they just turned the sound. Off. They unplugged the sound on that segment. They did. Yeah. It was where you I, sick. Yeah. I, you I, sick. So the, the crowd really played a major role in that story. On Friday night, Friday night. The other thing that I wanted to point out, Mark, that you said, and it's so true, because I thought the rest of the show was good on Friday night. I couldn't really tell you in detail exactly what happened outside the bloodline, because that's how much you were invested in the bloodline. They could have had the full two hours of SmackDown strictly on the bloodline. You had 35 minutes to start the show, and then you spent the last 10 to 12 minutes at the end of SmackDown, you could have had the entire two hours on the Bloodline story, and I don't think anybody would have had a problem with that. And that tells you, to your point, Bully, how much you're invested in this story. To the point is, when's the last time you could say that about any story in the world of pro wrestling? The Bloodline has no weakness. Everybody in it. You see the emotion? Roman Reigns crying. That, Tears. And he, he, that, that's what was beautiful about the story, and that's why you, you can have a story go as long as it has, Mark, because of all the twists and turns. There you are thinking this is you know, the trial for the tribal chief. You know, This is what it was all about. And then how Roman <coughs> turned it around and said, do you think I want to do those, those things that you're throwing at me, those accusations? Do you think I want to do that? I have to do that. And he, 
And think about everybody's expression in that ring change, but everybody's face in the crowd change. Because they're like, oh, my God, I didn't see it that way. And then to see him fall to his. Look at Jay face. Go everybody that's listening to our voices right now. I want you to go back and look at the clips on YouTube or however you look well, at the stream. Not now because they're listening to the show. Not not yeah. right now as we're on the show. Do it afterwards. But there was a point where Jay leans over and puts his hand on Roman's shoulder. Almost to the nape of his neck. And gave him a, hey, man, we all mess up speech. You can tell it. You can see it in his face. Look, we all be better after this. And, of course, you know, it was a rouge. Roman took the strong arm and hit him where the the peas and carrots was. Yeah. Mm. But leading up until that a, that violent outbreak where all hell broke loose, there was about a five-minute period of emotional exchanges that weren't always verbal. Most of it was not verbal. Facial expressions. It, it was, was all, all the facial, facial expressions. expressions. They showed Solo. They showed Jimmy. They showed Jay. They showed Roman. It was a... The stars, guys, of this whole deal is the production team because they're able to catch all of those emotions by putting the people's faces. Vince said it all the time. This is where the money is. The face. Like, you remember Vogue? Like Vogue, Madonna, Vogue. He would always, we always frame out our face. This is where we make our money. Yeah, Mark. And when you get to the point to where you can sense where the cameras are, that's a lost art, working the cameras. I, just from the beginning, go back to, I always take stuff back to me because I know my, I know me better than I know anybody else that we'll ever talk about. When I would come through the curtain, the camera would go behind me, pan down and shoot up at my back. Tom Stewart deemed it to block out the sun shot. That's how it started. Me blocking out the sun. Then I would start walking. They would pan out. And then the camera would switch to the front ramp guy seeing me come down looking at the crowd. Hard camera would hit me. I knew what was going to happen. So, of course, I cheated my face to the side where I knew where the cameras were. If I slammed somebody and the floor camera was right there, I put my forearm across their face and I would turn my face right into the floor cam guy. Like, what the hell are you looking at? And the Mm. people at home thought I was looking at them. Mm. The camera at hard camera shoots 10 and 2. 
you play to that. If you get outside of those parameters, you, the hard camera not, shot is not going to be. That's why when bullies used to say, hey, Devon, the camera was on him. Then it would go, bam, and Devon would turn and look at him. And now they're shooting Devon. And he would say, get the table. Devon would throw his hands, and he would go get the table. And where was the next shot? On the floor, Devon, ramp side, pulling the table from underneath so they could see him pull the table. Once the table was out, bam, back to hard cam, because now you can shoot 10 and 2. Bubba would move closer to the rope because he knew that the camp, if he stood all the way to the back of the ring, Guess what? He wasn't going to be in the shot. And I'll be damned if I ain't going to be in the shot. He going to be in that (laughs) shot. And I preach this all the time to the young guys. Know the cameras. But that's because Kevin Dunn and Mike Mansuri would come to you and go, hey, um, when you do that, where where are you going to end up? This could be a master's class. When you start talking about, <coughs> excuse me, how you work the camera angles, you know what I talk. You know who I talk to this about all the time. Who? Who? He's not. He's not a wrestler. Jacob. Okay. I say Jacob. You you know why that looked like that, right? That's a jib shot. That's coming from overhead, pointed down at the ring, and that camera moves side like that. You need to learn how to work that. He's not a wrestler, but he wants to know. And I got people that come to me all the time like, hey, man, I was thinking about this. And I was like, well, you might want to talk to um, Mike Mansuri. You might want to talk to the camera guy, figure out where that's going to end up at. Roman Reigns has become a master at the camera shot. Roman moves slow, and he turns deliberately. And he gives you an expression, gives you time to shoot it. And then he rolls his eyes and throws his head back. And then he'll look over his shoulder at Paul. And as soon as his chin touches his shoulder, enough, they give he gives them time to go get in position where they can shoot him and Paul's expression. <laughs> well, the expressions is the big thing because that moment that you're talking about, Mark, when when Roman's crying and then he falls to his knees and then it looks like he's going to pronounce Jay as the head of the table – I got it paused right here, and you see everybody's expression. You got you got Paul Heyman looking like it's the end of the road for him, and he's about to bust out crying. You got Roman crying. You got Solo with his one one with like looking like what is going on right now? What is what is what is happening here? It looks like Jay doesn't want this, and it looks like Jimmy doesn't want Jay. To have this. That's the way I looked at that in the moment at the time as it was happening. Think about all the stories that are being told 
just by the expressions, you got Paul Heyman who has grief. You have Solo Sokoa where there's doubt. You have Jay Uso like, I don't want this pressure on me. And then you have in Jimmy Uso with his expression, almost like a little bit of anger, like, why him and not me? That's the way I read those expressions on those faces during that segment on Friday. That and was- that wasn't even a story that they told, but they planted seeds just by the facial expressions during that segment on Friday night. Dave, can I give you a different, a different take? Go ahead. I thought Jimmy's not was he was not pissed because it's not. Why is it not me? I thought it was why are you letting his ass off the hook. Screw him. That's what I was getting. Jimmy was not forgiven yet. Jay Jay had a moment of weakness, and believe you me, Jimmy is gonna come back and go, "Hey man, I was never with that." I knew he was a snake. He always going to be a snake. And you shouldn't have trusted him. And you should have listened to me. All you had to do was look at my face. Feel my soul, brother. You're my brother. And both of those guys in the last year have learned how to tap into their emotions. Yep. It's just been in the last year. They all they did good for the whole duration of the bloodline. But in the last year, calendar 12 months, shit. It ain't Guys, nobody that, that's acting better than them. When was the last time you saw a tag team in the history of the WWE be embroiled in such an important story? Never. Never. I've never seen it. That's what makes the Usos the greatest tag team in the history of the WWE. Hi everybody, Christopher Mad Dog Russo here. Familiar? You should be. Well, now you can catch Mad Dog's Daily Bite each day as a podcast where you'll hear my thoughts and opinions on the biggest topics around the world of sports. NFL, baseball, golf, NBA, even the hockey. That you know you can count on. That's Mad Dog's Daily Bite. Drops daily anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can also hear me weekdays 3 to 6 Eastern on Mad Dog Unleashed, Sirius XM Channel 82, or anytime on the SXM app. The one and only Freddie Prince Jr. Sir, how are you? And thanks for the time this morning. I'm very well. Thank you for the time. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good, man. Doing good, hey. man. I, but Dave, I got to give it to him, though. I got to give it up, though. Go ahead. You know, you, you, when you introduce Freddie, you got to say, Freddie Prince <laughs> Jr. Well, I, I got to <laughs> give him some compliments. And I always do this when we have a celebrity on like a Freddie Prince Jr. And I'm not even going to attempt to do what you just did, Mark, because only you can do what you just did, and it would be just a terrible carbon copy if I did it. But Freddie Prince Jr., I want to thank you because when somebody that's in your position, somebody who's a celebrity, and you've always waved the flag of professional wrestling, which, (laughs) you know, and and I want to thank you for that because somebody who's a part of this community and who's been doing this show for a very long time, uh, we don't get a lot of the credibility and the mainstream attention. And you, sir, whenever you do speak of pro wrestling, you have that clout, you have that credibility. So I wanted to thank you for always waving the flag for our community. So thank you for doing that. That's very kind words of you to say. You didn't have to say that. You know, the the, the two 
gentlemen in the boxes below us have both literally put blood, sweat, and tears on an actual canvas. And that's the best demonstration of art. I mean, that's what Jackson Pollock would would define art almost word for word as. So I've always loved it. I have a ton of respect for uh, for what you gentlemen do. I uh, wish I was tough enough to do it, but I ain't. And uh, and yeah, man. So I always I always speak fondly of it because I just respect it so much. That and stand up comedy are the two hardest forms of art because you're getting an instantaneous reaction, and because it's different every single time. Uh, so that's why I have so much love for both. Freddie, you said you wish you were tough enough to do it. Is being a professional wrestler something that you legitimately wanted to do as a kid? I have over 6,000 luchador masks. I wanted to be a luchador when I was a kid. My grandma's from Puerto Rico. I mean, every kid I knew wanted to be a professional wrestler at some point in their life. Um, it was it was a dream. It was a more attainable dream than being a superhero because you could actually do it. Um, so yeah, as a kid, I loved it. This one fool named Ray Garcia said, wrestling's fake. It was 1988. I was 12 years old and I put him in a figure four leg lock and accidentally broke his ankle and wow. didn't know that was going to happen. But he never said shit. Or, excuse my language. He never said anything about it ever again. Seriously, I didn't know XM, if it was bro, on the radio. Okay. okay Serious okay. XM. Thanks for listening. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, you can say- <laughs> thank, thank you I for listening to the program. <laughs> I drive a 1976 280Z. It has an FM AM stereo. I don't have Sirius well, XM. I to the apologize. Podcast. Subscribe. Okay, to the podcast. I, that I can do. Uh, that I can do. Uh, but speaking of podcast, uh, and you know, you may not be able to get in the ring and wrestle, but you can talk about it. Talk about you know throwing your hat into the podcasting side of things and hosting your own show, Wrestling with Freddie. Yeah, man. You know, I wanted to do a show that celebrates wrestling. Uh, I think there were enough shows out there that were just killing it. And uh, and these are people that love wrestling. So I try to focus on the stuff that I love. And fortunately, there's enough good stuff out there that uh, we always have enough enough content to speak about. So it, it came to me through iHeart. And uh, a friend of my wife's asked if I'd be interested in doing a wrestling podcast for him. And I had never even thought of it until she said it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to do that. And uh, I think it was during right near the end of COVID when before everything was like free and and happy again. And uh, so we started it up and my my producer is a United States veteran and he's also a huge wrestling fan and more knowledgeable than me. I'm not a historian by any stretch of the imagination. And so when you have all people that are loving wrestling, Jeff Dye goes on Chris Jericho's damn cruises to do stand up during it. He loves wrestling so much. And that's my co-host. So when you have all people that love it, it's it's a real easy show. Nobody's having to fake anything. I mean, it's not like it's not like kissing a girl you don't like. Yeah, Jeff's a cool dude. Freddie, what's a what's a number in your opinion, most entertaining, number one hottest thing in the business right now? Man, I mean, when Max is in the right story, it's MJF. When Sammy was in the right story, it was Sammy Zayn. But right now, I would say it's Jey Uso. That's that's what I would say. I think every single person in every single arena he's going in is so connected to his body language. Like he would be the worst poker player ever because you know exactly what he <laughs> feels and is thinking in every moment when everyone else is still his, this energy is, is frenetic and you can't, it's, it's, it's unpredictable. So 
I think he has the chance to be the hottest one right now, but it's probably still Max. I just, I think my, my taste storyline wise is leaning more with what Jay's doing than what Max and Adam Cole are doing right now. I, I find it very, very interesting that you said Jay Uso. You singled him out. You you did not say Roman and you did not say the bloodline. Well, it's because of that. I mean, that's the foundation that he's standing on now. But the story you can tell, the focal point is Jay Uso. And I don't know if that's intentional on their part or if it's just something unique that he's doing that commands your attention. But you can't demand anything in life. You can command attention, but you can't demand attention or the fans will kill you. They'll kill you. And he's commanding it, I think, better than anyone else. And it's not just him pacing back and forth like a like a cat ready to, you know, eat eat lunch. You know what I mean? It's it's his acting, it's his wrestling when he main evented SmackDown. It's all that stuff. It's it all that stuff built together. I really just think he's the hottest thing. I just think, yeah, yeah. And I think you have to look at the business as a whole right now. There's always ebbs and flows in the business, but for the WWE, I don't remember a time where the WWE was this hot. I think it's been a while, and I think it is because, of, like you said, the bloodline story. And we just got off a of SmackDown where they were live at Madison Square Garden. It was sold out Madison Square Garden. And you could just feel the buzz of the fans in the arena. And it just feels like, Freddie, that we're getting that buzz once again in the world of the WWE. Well, I think when you reward your audience with a long, drawn-out storyline that's not been rushed ever, like everything they did, they were just very, very patient, and you could tell they believed in it. You could tell they were committed to everyone, and it's the same as a television show. A lot of fans don't tune in until they know it's got a second season because they're like, oh, I'm not going to watch it. It's just going to be over in a season. If the storyline's just going to be a month, unless it's something that's quick to drive someone up and put a rocket ship you know, on, on their ass, then that's one thing. But when it's just a storyline, they want it to be long and drawn out. Now, the, the talent have to be capable to execute, but a lot of times, even when they are, the storylines get cut short and they move them on to something else. And when you get something, when you get one long drawn out storyline in a world of short ones, it's going to stand out a lot more. And that's that's why the bloodline did. Did you ever think we would get this type of story in the WWE? You were part of the creative process. Like, it does take a lot because you always hear the stories of, ah, oh, the fans don't have that kind of attention span for a story that's lo- that long. Usually the stories last from one pay-per-view to the next. Did you ever think in the world that a WWE would have a story that's really been just about three years long, like the Bloodline story? I really did, man. Art is secular. It's not ever just going to be one thing. And I and I'm aware of the the YouTube shorts videos out there that kids scroll through, you know, after 30 seconds of this and 30 seconds of that. And I know it's shortened attention spans a lot, but good is good. And it always has been, and it always will be. If you make a four-hour movie and it's not that good, people are going to go, yeah, man, the acting was good or the writing was good, but that sh- that shit was too long. But if you make a four-hour movie that commands your attention the whole time, then people are going to go, dude, I don't care how long that was. That was awesome. Now, I wouldn't yeah. personally ever sit through a four-hour movie because I just can't do that. <laughs> but, you know you know what I mean? Like, it, it, if we know it's good, then it can go as long as it needs to go, as long as you're constantly evolving it and not jumping the shark and doing goofy stuff. And they're not. They're keeping everything very grounded and, and rooted in reality and – 
And whether you, you like calling Paul Heyman a wise man or not, I know not everyone's nuts about that. He's committed to it. So it's honest and real. And it's like Jim Carrey saying the pen is blue when, when it, you know what I mean? Like that's the most ridiculous scene in any comedy ever, but because his commitment is 100% when he's, you know, trying to write the pen is, you know, rubber, 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 and he can't do it. And it's driving him crazy. like, it's the best scene in the damn movie. So that's why I think it works is just everyone's commitment is a hundred percent. When Sammy was in the story, it was just, you know, beautiful. They, they would have to laugh because he was just being so goofy and it made it so real. And that builds connective tissue between the audience. I think. I know um, Freddie for you, September 9th is a big date uh, for you. Explain to our audience what's happening on September 9th. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm a co-owner in the premier streaming network, which is basically like the old school indie system or the old school territory system. And it's a way to bring all the territories together. Right. And not only showcase them, but in this case, um, we have a showcase, the premier network wrestling showcase, and it's to kind of find out who the champion is going to be. And on September 9th in Matuchin, I wish you guys would say it, Medichin, because that Freddie, just sounds uh, Medichin Freddie, sounds like listen, anime. Freddie, wait, hold on, hold on a second. A couple of things, all right. I'm gonna give <laughs> Go you the oppor- I'm gonna give you the opportunity to promote September 9th, but and and I don't want to throw you in to a group of people because that's not right. That's prejudice, and that's not who I am. But I'm going to do it in this instance. Go There's ahead. certain people. Let's call them celebrities, okay? That feel that the world revolves around them. You have a little bit of that in you, and let me tell you how. You just completely shit the bed when trying to pronounce the name Matuchin. The name of the town is Matuchin. Okay? Now, the people who live in that town, the people who work in that town, the people who came up with the name for that town, the decades and decades of history in that town. Let me let me explain. It's only it's only hold on, hold on. Let me explain (laughs) decades and decades and decades. Let me explain something, sir. They are not going to now rename the town because you don't know how to pronounce it. That's not the way real world works. Okay, just so you know, the say it. World. It's 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 Matuchin, Matuchin, New Jersey. Use it in a sentence, Dave. <laughs> like on September 9th, the premier streaming network is going to have a showcase in Matuchin, New Jersey. They call them that, Tetris. sir. That was excellent. And to all the touchers out there, all I'm saying is think about Medicine. Just think about it. I'm not saying it has to change. Medicine sounds like something you take to get a headache to go away. (laughs) Okay, that's a good thing. As a proud New Jerseyan, which I am, it's the most beautiful state in our great country, Freddie, is is New Jersey. I'm I'm I find again, I gotta give you credit. That is the perfect place. To have this showcase is in New Jersey. The well, home it's of also Toxic the, Avenger. Uh, by the way, shout out! I love Toxic Avenger. Yeah, um, yeah, another perfect reason. Of, of another you. perfect reason it's out there is our main event, and our main event we get to announce right here. It's the first time anybody gets to hear it, and it's Matt Cardona versus Colt Cabana, the creator of the not the creator, but he made the business of indie wrestling possible for a lot of wrestlers and Colt versus the indie God, Matt Cardona, who's taking it to the next level. And they're going to wrestle for our championship. And on the women's side, 
We have Rachel Ellering versus Steph Delander. Delander's been rolling uh, with Cardona. So if you follow Cardona, you've seen her and you're aware of her. Those are our two championship matches. And I'm even doing my best to make it out there. If my wife's show gets picked up, then I got to be a full-time dad and I can't go. Or maybe I'll just take the kids too and they can see a crazy wrestling show and watch everyone bleed to death. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, and you know what, though? And and I will say Raise this. Them where, right. Where it's oh my god man and you want to know something i'm gonna go because i'm gonna buy my ticket right now i'm already on eventbrite.com which where you can buy tickets Tickets yeah tickets start at just 30 dollars. so you can go to eventbrite.com uh the premier streaming network wrestling showcase it's at the uh sportsplex at Metuchen. i've been there many many times i've seen House of Hardcore is run there, Bully. That's uh, right. Who we sports- also have on the network. Yeah. Yep. So uh, at the Sportsplex uh, at Metuchen. So beautiful downtown uh, Metuchen, New Jersey, uh, Saturday, September 9th at 7 p.m. But, Freddie, uh, thank you so much for the time. And, again, uh, the premier streaming network wrestling showcase coming up Saturday, September 9th. Tickets available right now at eventbrite.com. And, of course, uh, Wrestling with Freddie podcast that you can listen to right now. Freddie, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.